Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, and here with co-host Passion to Reach's founder and director, Fanu Ipe. Hi, Pastor Fanu. Hey, Emily. How are you? I'm doing well and excited to be on another Mission Connect podcast. We've got a really uh, special guest on the show today, and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to the story we're going to hear and um, and uh, you know just what God is doing in the lives of individuals. I think it's just incredible. Yes, and just to all our new listeners, this is the purpose of this podcast is to help you connect with God's mission for your life and to help you help others connect to theirs. So we've got a guest on today who's come from, you know, a very difficult background. He'll t- he'll go into a bit of a story, but you know, at one time, Pastor Fanu, he uh, was eating dog food because he simply could not afford food. And now here he is, he's serving in ministry, he's helping young people, he's um, engaging them in Bible studies and stories. And so we're going to hear how God moved him from that place to where he is now. And I think this is where this podcast, you know, is such a thrill for me to even be here. And I don't think people realize this, Emily, but you know, a lot of times we're in the sh- in the in the studio, you know, recording this, and I'm sitting there thinking, this is amazing. What what God does in the lives of people. I mean, you can make up these stories. This is only uh, what God can do. And so, uh, you know, I- I'm just so excited for uh, what uh, our guest is going to share. And you're right, the dramatic change that's happened in his life uh, is absolutely incredible. So why don't you bring him on uh, to the show today? Yes, we'd like to welcome Vash to the show today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's Vash, an honor thank to be here. you so much for being here and uh, being a part of our podcast. Uh, Vash is actually from uh, one of the churches that our ministry is uh, so uh, involved with, uh, Brampton Christian Family Church. That's right. It's uh, bcfc.ca, I think is the website. And uh, Vash is one of the leaders there. And uh, Vash, we're so thrilled to have you on and just to to hear your story. And really, part of where, you know, I'm so excited about talking to you is when we were on a trip together in the Dominican. And I remember we were uh, in this van uh, driving quite fast, I think. (laughs) And uh, really dark at night, not really the best driving condition in the sense of the way they go about driving there. It's not like Canada, Emily. We don't they don't have a lot of lanes and lines on the road and all of that. Anyway, so we're we're on this uh, road in this van uh, going to this place to speak and uh, Vash starts telling me some of his journey and where God has brought him from. I'm thinking this is absolutely incredible and I want the world to hear what God's done for you. So, Vash, thank you again for being on the program. No, no problem. Thank you for having me. So why don't you give our listeners a bit of background about who you are and how you came to faith in Christ? Okay, well, uh, I was born in Trinidad, and I moved to Canada when I was 16 years old. And uh, so, you know, growing up in Trinidad, there's a lot of uh, folklore and a lot of, uh, let's call them horror stories, because, you know, somebody's, in Trinidad, they call voodoo obia. So there's a lot of obia, and, you know, you hear a lot of stuff. And growing up as a child, I would always have premonitions, or I'd see something in my dream and not understand it. And so fast forward to when I moved to Canada, well, now I have a world of information on my hands. So I'm going to school. And uh, libraries, this was before the internet was mainstream. And, uh, you know, um, I'm looking up all this sort of stuff, and I started studying astrology and numerology and astral traveling and all this sort of stuff. And um, as my years progressed, my family actually didn't stay in Canada um, because of, you know, family needs and businesses and stuff like that. They went back home to Trinidad. So I grew up uh, predominantly on my own. 
Um, and growing up, you know, you get into the partying, you buy a car, you start drag racing, you start spending your money in all sorts of stuff, uh, you know, womanizing and alcohol and recreational drugs and this sort of stuff. And um, it got to a point where I was so bored with life, I was actually considering moving to Europe. Um, and I thought, well, I moved to Canada, so I can probably just move to Europe. So I was experimenting between that and recreational drugs. And I was trying to figure out, you know, I'm, a, I'm older now. I don't have a direction in my life. I'm not married. Where am I going? What am I doing? You know, this can't be all there is to life. And I got into uh, necromancing, which is communication with the dead, and also uh, Egyptian magic. So one of the things I thought would be really cool, and this really identifies, you know, a spiritual pull that, that people can have, is that I wanted to levitate. And I thought it'd be cool to levitate. So I started researching spells. And not that I necessarily believed it would work, but I was very interested in it. Now, my dad was, was a Hindu, and he practiced Hinduism because his dad was Hindu. My dad didn't really know the ins and outs of it. And my mom was a Presbyterian. So growing up, I used to tell people I was Hindutarian. Hindutarian. You know, I just <laughs> believed in God, but I thought God was only there when you were in trouble. I didn't know about relationship. I didn't know anything like that. And so... When I got into the necromancing and all that sort of stuff, I mean, it is one thing to start practicing witchcraft, but when you throw a book of spells out and it shows up on your coffee table the next morning, there's, there's something wrong. I throw a book out three times and ended up on my coffee table the next day. So eventually I drove out of town and threw the book out and never saw it again. Um, it got to a point as well. I dated a girl. Um, she was a witch, which I didn't know at the time. Uh, I eventually found out she was dedicated to Satan when she was young by her parents. She was a satanic high priestess. And when I found that out, I, of course, moved away from her and broke, up, broke it off with her. Bad things started happening. My car blew up. My phone got disconnected. All sorts of bad things started happening. And I, just, I didn't piece it together. Um, in 2005, so it was December 31st, uh, having going through a lot of tri trials, uh, basically what had happened is that I went ghost hunting at a place in St. Catharines here in Ontario. And uh, in ghost hunting, you know, you there's haunted places and people see uh, orbs. And so we went to go investigate, me and a couple of friends. And so we saw some stuff, we heard some stuff. They were drinking, I was not. So they kind of just said, ah, you know, it's whatever it is. So I, I knew it was real and I left it alone. Um, fast forward to uh, this January of 2006, and uh, I was laying on my bed, and I was reading a book, and my dog is in the room, and you know when somebody sits on your bed and you kind of feel the belt tilt? I felt that, and I just thought my dog had hopped up on the bed, and then I heard something try to speak to me in my ear, and it was just a really gruff, dark voice. It was <laughs> that kind of voice, and the room smelled like sulfur. And my dog hopped up on the bed, and I, as I flipped over, I'm like, what was that? My dog started snarling, and her hair's all her fur's all spiked up, and she's baring her teeth. And so I grabbed her, and I ran out the room. I called up a friend of mine who was actually going to, to our church at BCFC, and I told him about it, and he was, you have to come here. You have to come here. So I go to the church, and they were having a, a men's breakfast, and uh, there was a pastor there, Pastor Frank Satius, and um, there was a point where after he delivered his message, he told everybody, you know, go to the corner of the room and just start talking to God and start interacting with God. And so here I am, you know, just fresh out of the world, you know, thinking about, well, should I go home and get high after this? You know, these are my thoughts. And um, 
I le- I'm leaning up on the wall and I'm like, well, okay, God, I'm supposed to talk to you, sir. Here I am. You know, where are you type thing? And then I just start to cry. And in my conscious mind, I was thinking, well, why are you crying? Vash doesn't cry. And, um, and so, you know, when I was crying, I, I could hear the Lord talking to me. And I sat down and I grabbed some water and I thought, okay, what's going on here? And I could see my friends are up on the wall and they're praying and they're looking back at me and, and they knew that I was getting it. And then the pastor came and he, he laid hands on me and he started to tell me um, stuff about even when I was born. So my mom had to have a C-section when I was being born. And he started to say that God was trying to take, uh, sorry, that the devil was trying to take me and my mom when I, when she was giving birth to me, but God sent his angels to protect us and surround us. And I was just, I mean, it was like when Moses struck the rock, it was just like water flowing. I was crying like you wouldn't believe. And, uh, and that's when I knew, I mean, it hit me so hard that that was God. There was no possible way that there was any doubt. I knew it was God. And the day after it was like, bang, just cold turkey. I stopped everything. I stopped the womanizer, didn't want to go out anymore. didn't want to waste time. Uh, just, I couldn't even look at drugs anymore. And I knew that I had an encounter with God. Now, how do I go about learning more about God? I had no idea. I had a rosary. I thought that that was what you did. I had a rosary. I had a Bible, you know, from, I saw Passion of Christ like 31 times before that. I was taking friends, actually. And this is how, now that I look back and now that God has opened my eyes up, I can see where he was he always had me in his hand and he just started to close his hand in to hold me. And, you know, before I got saved, uh, when Passion of the Christ, when that movie came out, I must have taken, I don't know how many of my unsaved friends to see that. That's when I went out and bought the rosary because I thought, well, this is what it is. I mean, I didn't know about relationship and all that sort of stuff, but that was soon to come. Um, these were roommates even that I had. And I said, you got to come see this movie. You got to come see this movie. Now, before that, we would go look at, you know, The Exorcist and, you know, all these demonic things. Um, but it was just about when I saw that movie, that that was the beginning of everything happening. And then when I got saved, that was the culmination of, okay, this is it now. Um, so at that point, uh, that's really when everything changed for me that's really when my my faith opened up when i started learning when i the hunger started stirring and so what is it that you found in the presence of god that day that so radically changed your life i mean i'm not discounting the work of the holy spirit and and when you accept christ and what that what happens there but i mean was there something emotionally spiritually that you were aware of that was happening what is it for a guy that you know lived any way you wanted to live did drugs did all the stuff with women all that you know, you're in, in one sense enjoying life, right? A, a, but in another way, I guess you're empty on the inside. What was it that shifted in your mind and your emotions that said, okay, none of this stuff anymore. I need God. This is what I want. It was, it was truth. It was, it was coming face to face and, and like a head on collision with, with truth. Uh, I had mentioned before that, you know, I knew God was real. I just didn't know you could have a relationship. And now like God spoke to me which has, I've never acknowledged before. I mean, God may have you know, sent somebody into your life or something along that way. But when God literally speaks to you and, and not necessarily audible because that, that has happened after, but in your spirit, and that's when it happened. That's when I knew, that's what changed because yeah, I enjoyed life by a different standard, but God has now called me. It's like 
walking into a room and the person that walks in looks at you, makes eye-to-eye contact and calls you by your first name, but you've never seen this person. And that person, that personal uh, uh, clash, I should say, that's when I knew it was truth. There was no, there's no physical way to describe it other than it was literally like blindfold coming off. I saw life entirely differently. I didn't want to see it the way I saw it before. I didn't want to look at people as objects anymore. I didn't want to look as drugs as a pastime anymore. I didn't want to look at um, researching demonic stuff as something I should be interested in. It was now about what does the Bible say? What is God telling me? God, what do you have for me today? You know, I just want to speak to all of the listeners uh, who are listening to this podcast right now. And, and I think Vash's story, you know, Vash, let me give you some context here. I grew up in the church. You know, I grew up, um, you know, I wasn't born a Christian because as we all know, no one can be born Christian. You have to make a decision to choose Christ at some point. So I did that when I was seven years old. But I grew up in the church around, you know, Christians all my life. And, you know, I remember as a child thinking, well, you know, someone who's in the world, someone who's partying, having a great time from a worldly context, from a natural, uh, sensual context, would never want to come to God. Why would they ever want to come to God? You know, in fact, that's what changed in my life when I got into ministry is that that switched, you know. But, but when I was younger, I, I didn't think anyone except that they were born into a Christian home would want to switch from where whatever they were doing and experiencing to become a Christian because I felt, well, it's so limiting. Why would someone choose that? And, and you're saying, you know, you had all the freedom in the world, you could do anything you wanted to, and you did, and yet there was something that in your in your heart of hearts was empty and not fulfilled. And when God did that, when he looked into your eye and he called you and he spoke to you, you said, you know what, that's what I want. That right there is more precious and more valuable to me than all the other stuff that I've experienced in life and all the fun, quote unquote, that I've had in life. Right. That's what you're saying, that's right? That's correct. And, and so I want to just encourage our listeners to say, listen, a lot of people don't follow God's mission for their life to share with somebody because they feel like how I used to feel when I was a kid. Oh, he could never come. He would never, she would never, like, why would they do that? Because they're obviously having a lot of fun. So even though on the outside, people may look like they're having fun on the inside, there is something in their hearts that's still empty and that's still looking for that personal sense of call and and re- intimate relationship with Christ. And I say that to encourage you uh, to say, all of, the, all of you that are listening, to say, Take that step of faith. Be that person to make that phone call. Share with that person to say, hey, why don't you come to church? Or why don't, can I share the gospel with you? You never know what will happen to them. And as Vash said, you know, his conscious mind is saying, hey, Vash doesn't cry. But there's something beyond your conscious mind that is resonating with the Spirit of God that says, I can't help it. This is my moment. This is when I need to just come clean with God and um, and really allow him to have control over my life. You know, one thing one thing is very true um, with what you mentioned is that we need to share that kind of stuff with people. They don't hear it enough. You see so many things in the, whether it be in the news or you hear a story, um, you know, uh, you may see it on social media or something like that where kids, you know, they're feeling bullied or, or they realize that, hey, you know, I need to do something to make history indirectly is what they want to do. Um, the only reason why this comes to my mind right now, um, last night uh, I watched a, a documentary on the Columbine shooting, which is, you know, some years back. Um, but there was no sense of validation for those kids. And when God calls you, you're validated. 
you're validated in that instant and you, that's when the hunger starts stirring up because everybody wants to be validated. But the world, when you're living in that central context and you're, as you mentioned, the way I did back then, and you're hungry for something, once you get validated, you want more of that validation. So your hunger changes from the temporal things into that validation that you want, that you can only really get from God. You cannot, I mean, when God created Adam, he created a worshiper. He created somebody that was not meant to be outside of his presence. And now that we're, you know, mankind is fallen and we're outside of that presence, we're constantly searching. How many people do we see that have millions of dollars and are still searching? When I was, before I got saved, um, you know, we talked about the dog food thing. So just to touch on that, um, I had, I had I quit my job at the time because of my pride and ego. I had quit my job and I was, you know, working odd jobs. I had two dogs at the time and it got to the point where my heat got disconnected. I went through a whole winter time with no heat. I used to, you know, I had hydros. So I used to turn the oven on and open the oven out and that's how I'd stay warm, take cold showers in the middle of winter. And at night I'd sleep in between my two dogs to stay warm. I was barely paying my rent and it got to the point where I had nothing to eat. And so as we were talking about, I ate the dog food. And now, yeah, my friends would come by and they'd buy you, you know, burgers or whatever. But, you know, that only lasts one meal. That's it. You know, they, we're, we're young guys, you know, we're just doing the bachelor thing. And here I am eating dog food. Now, I used to joke around and say, well, my hair is really shiny because, you know, it made my hair, it makes the fur look good. But, <laughs> but the point is, is that there's a hunger inside that is never fulfilled. And that point in my life, like, I didn't know where that's coming and going. And I was just ready to pack it up and go back to Trinidad because I had enough. But then what do I do with my dogs? I don't want to part my dogs. I got to get money to ship them there. All these starts are going through your mind. When you, when you have that head-on encounter with God and your hunger changes, the thoughts that go through your mind at that point are only thoughts of how do I share this with other people? Because, you know, a lot of, of new believers, they talk about, oh, you're on fire, you're on fire, you're on fire. You know, five years later, the fire dwindles. But <laughs> the fire doesn't dwindle as long as you continue to feed it. The fire gets bigger. And so, and that's exactly what happens. You know, here being in Canada, one thing I've really, really enjoyed over years is, is camping. And you know when you build a campfire and you, it starts to get big and you're like, yeah, that's a fire. Well, that's, that's what's inside. When you start, not necessarily ministry in the formal sense, but ministry is, you know, I bought a cup of coffee for a guy yesterday. That's ministry. Because to him, who's ever bought him a cup of coffee? I had one guy argue with me, no, you don't have to buy me a cup of coffee. This was a few weeks back. Uh, you know, older guy, who's behind me in line. I'm like, sir, you can go ahead. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'm like, well, what are you having? It's on me. And the guy said, no, 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 you don't have to buy me anything. I'm like, oh, I want to. It's a cup of coffee. No problem. No, 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 no. Why do you want to buy me a cup of coffee? He said, I was like, hey, no problem, man. How about you buy me one? Made a joke of it. He laughed. And that was the end of it. I went my way. He went his way. Some people just aren't receptive because they've never had it before. How, how did you, talking about the fire of God, talking about being ignited on the inside, how did you come into the place where you said, okay, not only am I saved now, now I have a mission from God, I have a purpose. How soon after you got saved and, and come, came into a relation with God did you start serving in some capacity? Oh, that would have been a few months. Probably, if I recall correctly, about four months. Wow. Um, so four months from when you trans- your life got transformed from this crazy past that you have, you started to engage in God's mission and, and start serving in some capacity. Yes. 
Wow. And everything from wardrobe changes to just, you know, just the way you acted as an example. Because, you know, you're going club and you're wearing all the expensive stuff, Versace this, Armani that. And, you know, you're trying to look, even though you may have jeans on, you have the most expensive jeans possible. And then I remember having a conversation with Pastor Sue and she had, was talking to us about getting into ministry. And uh, she said, well, you know, you guys should, you know, maybe wear something a little more dressy to church. And I was like, you know, why? You know, and she was like, well, you used to put on your best for the world. Why can't you put on your best for God? And that resonated with me because it makes sense that even in your actions, I mean, I would go out there and, you know, you'd buy stuff for people and you'd party with the guys, party with the girls, and you'd put on what you knew at that time was your best for people. So at church now, you know, you get into ministry and we got into involved with the, the youth group and, you know, we were leaders, we'd take the guys out. I mean, I took this one kid out for, for dinner one time, you know, it was KFC. And he ate half his meal and he wrapped the drumstick up and put it in his pocket. I'm like, what are you doing? And he said, well, it's for later. I'm like, are you hungry now? He's like, I'm like, eat it. I'll buy you something for later. But this is the kind of stuff. So when that started happening with me and I saw what was out there and the thought process never came to my mind that God has now blessed you to be a blessing. That's you know something that you hear yeah. formally, but it got to the point where I was like, how can I let this happen when God is changing me? How can I not help him be changed? Wow. Wow. Missions trips, you know, we're talking about missional yeah. stuff. Missions trips, you know, in your own backyard. How can you, you know, Christians like to say, you know, um, let the, the love of Jesus, let the light of Jesus shine. Well, the only way it does that is by stepping out. I mean, a mission strip is across the road. A mission strip is your neighbor. A mission strip is, hey, you drop something, let me help you get that. And you start developing relationship because Jesus was all about relationship. And that to me, relationship and missions are back to back. Like the That's two powerful. sides of one coin. Because you cannot have one without the other. That's powerful. And I, and I really like what you were saying here, Vash, is that uh, you're basically saying, so you get saved and you're, you're, God is working on your life. He's transforming you. But while he's doing that, you're making a difference in somebody else's life. So, I mean, the concept sometimes is I have to, you know, it's like if you're a doctor or if you're you know, if you're a professional, you have to go to school so many years, you've got to do all this training, become you know, recognize, get a degree, and then you're allowed to do something. But I, I wonder if, based on what you're saying, and I'm thinking about my own life and experiences now, that in God, actually, it's the opposite, that that the, the training actually is the doing. They're one and the same. That it's not that you go away and train for so many years and then come back and start doing something. It's that you start doing something, and as you're doing it, God is training you. So you may not be perfect. You may not be mm -hmm. fully out of the cigarettes or fully out of the drug, fully out of this. But the, the truth you know. I mean, if you know from A to you know F, then you're going to share A to F. You exactly. don't know F to you know, G to Z at that point, but you're going to share what you know with exactly. who, you, who you have around you. And then in the process, God's going to develop you and train you and you're going to grow. I think that's powerful. I think a lot of people are waiting to become an expert, become I, I need to graduate from school, from Bible school, then I'm going to be on God's mission. You know, I think of the disciples and how Jesus called them, and really, he they didn't go through training, they didn't go through Bible school. God really taught them on the job. You know, they went out there, they spoke to people, they preached, and they learned as they as they went out. They were not perfect people, they were not scholars, but God had called them, and they followed Him in that. 
I think that's powerful because I think that's part of being missional. And I think that's a great takeaway from this podcast is, listen, if you're listening to this right now, maybe you're waiting for perfection. Maybe you're waiting for somebody to give you this robe and a piece of paper to say, hey, you've graduated. Now you can go be on mission. Uh, and you know what, friend? Uh, like Vash just said, they're all around you. Mission is all around you. You just need to open your eyes and engage with the people that God has placed around you. And you will be amazed at how God will use you even you know, as you're working through your own uh, issues and and developing and growing in your faith, uh, faith in God. So, so Vash, tell us a little bit about. Okay, so you you're investing in others now. You're and how did your life change? What where did where are you today? How is things different for you personally from where you were uh, before you came to Christ? So, um, well, you know, financially as well, God is is continuing to uh, to bless me. Um, Really what had happened is uh, uh, my dad had fell ill. Um, when the recession hit in 2008, um, I got laid off. They gave me a pretty good severance, and my dad was ill with Alzheimer's. And so I decided to go to Trinidad for about three months and help my mom out with my dad and all that stuff. I ended up staying for two years. Wow. Um, now, my dad passed away in 2013. Um, now, when I came back to Canada, you know, I was doing a couple odd jobs until I found something I could really sink my teeth into. And those jobs, now that I look back, were all stepping stones to where I am now. Now, God has blessed me over what I could even hope for. And I'm so grateful and thankful, um, not just in the financial game, but also my life has developed in the sense that now it's, uh, you know, I, as we mentioned, you know, I went to Dominican Republic with you and even the position I am in church, um, which is what we call a PPA, a pastor's personal aid. Um, I assist with whatever the daily activities could be. And in also doing that, if I have a prophetic word and I mentioned it to the pastor that I'm, I'm PPAing for, as long as you know we're in agreement and they will let me like i've i've uh preached with people i've laid hands uh cast out devils all of the above and and it's all the power of god continuing to change my life uh one thing if i can just mention you know we're talking about um whether you're qualified if i can just go back to that um one of my favorite stories in the bible is moses Mm. now moses wasn't qualified i mean apparently he even had a stutter that's right and god said go and I will do the talking. Right. Now, a lot of people may turn around and say, well, that was Old Testament, and that was way back when. You know, Emily, you're talking about the disciples, which is a little closer to our, our generation. But, you know, we can translate it like this. Do the right thing is what people like to say these days. You know, it, it's the right thing to do. Um, if it's, you see somebody shoveling their driveway and you, you see they're having a hard time and you want to go help them shovel their driveway... Uh, it's not that you're an experienced snow remover, yeah. but you can go help them. Right. It doesn't take that much effort. That's powerful. If you apply that in ministry, you don't have to be able to, you know, I can't cast out devils. Well, that's not the point. The point is you have faith. That's the point. And that's what people connect with. In missions, for me, it's they see you live your faith and then they get hungry about it because wow. they see something different. Wow, that's that's uh, that's incredible, and I think that's a great way to uh, to wrap up uh, this podcast. Is 
that uh, you know what, no matter who you are, you can be on mission with God as long as you're available. If you make yourself available, if you're willing to step in and help out, if you have a, a desire to make a difference in someone's life, even though you're not an expert in, in that area, uh, I think people, you're right, uh, Vash, people appreciate that. And uh, you gain a lot of relational capital when you go out of your way to invest your time, your energy, yourself, your emotions uh, into something somebody else's life, helping them hopefully uh, make their experience and whatever they're going through a little better because of your time there. And I think that that opens their hearts to hear the gospel and to hear the message and to actually allow you to speak into their life. And I think, Vash, that's such a practical way uh, to think about God's mission. And uh, I'm so glad that you uh, that you came on and you shared this with us. Yes, thank you so much for being on today's podcast. And I know your story and your testimony is definitely going to make an impact on some of our listeners out there. So we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Vash. Thank you so much. Emily, I think that was a great uh, podcast today. You know, Vash, I think, brought out some great points. And what really stood out to me was this idea that we're all under construction, that we somehow, you know, in the world, we see, you know, it's funny when you listen to um, watch the news and uh, they they bring people on uh, to ask for comment on different things that's going on. They generally bring an expert right? Somebody that's like, is recognized as an expert in an area. And that's the world we live in. We live in a world of experts. Everybody wants to be an expert in something. And and the problem with that is when it comes to God, we have decided as Christians that only the pastor is the expert, only the person that's paid for by the church or has a degree from a institution, Bible college or something of that nature or seminary is the expert. And so because of that, I'm not going to get involved. I'd, I'd, I'd rather leave mission to the experts. You know, but what Vash is saying is, no, Christ didn't work that way. He found, in fact, that's what the Bible tells us, that when the disciples were in the Sanhedrin, they were shocked because they realized these were ordinary fishermen. These were not experts, but these were guys who were under construction, not perfect, but they were fulfilling God's mission for their life. They were just opening their eyes, looking at the need, and helping out where they could. Yeah, and you know, God lives in the eternity. So we see someone like Vash who is a new believer, and sometimes we think, okay, I've got to go to this class first. I've got to be in church for at least six months, whereas he was said, it's an instant thing. You know, and, and that, it, God is not bound by time, and he's not, you know, it, so really that moment, that connection with God, that salvation in Christ automatically um, qualifies you to live out God's mission. Absolutely. I think uh, Paul is a great example of this. The Bible says in Acts 10, you know, as soon as he got saved, the next chapter, he starts speaking, he starts sharing, he starts just authentically living out his life and trying to help the people around him. So if you're listening to this podcast today, uh, by the way, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I encourage you to get involved. Get started. I know you're under construction. So are we. We're all under construction. Get involved. Open your eyes. Look for an opportunity. Maybe, like Vash said, it's an opportunity to buy someone a coffee. Maybe it's to help someone... Uh, shovel snow off their driveway. Who knows what it is, but whatever opportunity God gives you, take advantage of it and uh, you'll never know how God can use that to open doors for you to share uh, your faith in Christ with them. So with that, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, get on our website, passiontoreach.com or send us an email if you have a question, if you're encouraged. Uh, send us an email at info at passiontoreach.com. Remember, please uh, subscribe on iTunes and uh, use your social media channels, Twitter or Facebook, to get the word out so other Others can listen to this podcast and connect with God's mission for their life. God bless you. 
Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.